Good morning, New Life. If you're new here, my name's Chris. I'm one of the pastors here. We are going through uh, the book of Galatians this summer together as a church family. And so if you have a, a Bible either in print or on your device, go ahead and make a beeline to Galatians chapter 3. We finished up chapter 2 last week. And uh, God willing, we'll get through about half of the third chapter uh, this morning. Last week, if you were here, you'll remember that we saw uh, this incredible sort of epic showdown between uh, the two titans of the early Jesus movement, Paul and Peter. Paul really got after Peter because he was being uh, hypocritical. And so last week we saw as Paul kind of worked Peter over a bit in chapter 2 and now in chapter 3, Paul is going to shift his attention back to the Galatians. And what we'll see for the next two chapters or so is a series of appeals from the Apostle Paul to the Galatians to return to the simple gospel, to stop believing these uh, false teachers who were teaching them, who were selling them on this idea that salvation was Jesus plus a bunch of other stuff. They were selling them on this idea that, yes, you must follow Jesus. That's part of the equation. But the other part of the equation is you have to have all of these religious rules and standards that you live by and follow in order to be saved. And Paul is writing them, and he's saying, no, 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 no. My dear brothers and sisters, you need to go back to what saved you. You need to go back to the simple gospel. You need to go back to the Jesus plus nothing else gospel. So we'll go ahead and dive in. Galatians chapter 3. Beginning in uh, verse 1, we'll just kind of work through the first 14 verses together this morning. And the Apostle Paul starts off this portion of his letter like this. He says, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. Now, don't you love how the Apostle Paul starts this portion of his letter? You fools, (laughs) pity the fool, right? J.B. Phillips, the uh, English uh, Bible scholar, in his uh, Bible paraphrase, he translates uh, verse one like this. Oh, dear idiots of Galatia. (laughs) How would you you like to be pastored by the apostle Paul? Could you just imagine, you know, you're you're going through this tough season in your life. You're really wrestling, grappling with uh, some sort of struggle or sin issue, issue in your life. And you, you go to his office and you go and you sit, you sit down very sort of introspectively. And you're like, Paul, listen, man, I'm just, you start pouring out your heart. And you're like, man, I'm struggling with this issue. And you look up and Paul says, you idiot. <laughs> Why are you even doing that? Just stop doing it. Uh, the reality is Paul uh, was certainly a very uh, caring leader. He loved his people deeply. Uh, We see that all over his writings. But Paul was using very sharp language here, I I believe, to shock the Galatians, to shock their senses and wake them up to the reality of the danger of what they were doing and what they were starting to believe. And so Paul says, who has bewitched you? Just ask a question. Who has bewitched? It's so unbelievable to the Apostle Paul that they are turning from the Jesus plus nothing gospel that he almost sort of sarcastically wonders if perhaps uh, they're under some black magic spell from some pagan witch doctor. doctor. He's just highlighting how utterly insane it is to turn from the simple gospel of Jesus for salvation to works for salvation or works for salvation your sanctification. So he says, you must, you guys must be under a spell. 
That's the only reason I can come, come to. This is so unbelievable to, unbelievable to me that you guys would, would turn away from this gospel that I preach to you. You guys must be under a spell. Who has bewitched you, you foolish Galatians? And then he reminds them. He says, it was before your very eyes that Christ was portrayed as crucified. And what Paul's saying there is, he said, listen, I preached Jesus to you in such a vivid way. I, I, I preached to you his, his crucifixion and his resurrection in such a real way. It was as if you saw Jesus crucified yourself. It was as if you could see the blood dripping from his head as the crown of thorns was pressed into his scalp. It was as if you could, you could hear his, his moans, his screams of agony as the flesh was ripped from his back with a whip. It was as if you could, you could see, you could hear the blood splattering on the ground as it fell from the cross as a ransom for you. It's like you, you experienced this. It's like you saw that he did this to save you, to set you free. It was real to you. I can remember when I was a kid, um, my, my mom oftentimes would, would read my sister and I bedtime stories. And that was one of my, one of my favorite things. And so I can remember you know, just kind of snuggling up in, in somebody's bedroom and right before we'd go to sleep and she would open up a book. And uh, one of my favorites was the Chronicles of, of Narnia. And so she would just read us a bedtime story. And if you've ever been around somebody who's a very good storyteller, you'll know that it's like you get enraptured into the story yourself, right? It's almost like you forget where you are and you're in that place. I mean, they're so good at describing it. It's vivid. You can see the colors. You can smell the smells. And so I can remember as a kid just being, being enraptured with my mom's storytelling. You know, it's like I was, I was there. You know, my eyes were wide and you start breathing faster. Your heart starts pumping. You know, she'd finish one chapter and she's like, okay, it's bedtime. You're like, no, 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 no. We got, we got, I got to find out if Aslan eats them. You know, I got to find out what's going to happen here. It was so vivid and so real when I as a kid, it was like I was there. And Paul is saying, this is how I preached the gospel to you. It was so vivid. It was so real. It was as if you literally were there and you saw all of this happen to Jesus. It was real to these Galatians. And so Paul is reminding them of that reality. Let me just ask you something this morning. When you, when you think about the gospel, when you think about what Jesus did for you, is it real to you? Is it real or is it just sort of a, a sterile intellectual belief? Is the gospel true to you in the same way that maybe you believe that George Washington was the first president of the United States? Or is the gospel actually real to you? Has it grown roots deep into your heart? Does the, does the brutality